Hey, Mom and Dad, um, I just want to let you know that uh, I, it looks like I'm going to be able to come home for Christmas this year. Um, I'm super excited to see you guys. I hope that you haven't changed anything in my room because I'm coming home. See you soon. Love you. Bye. Hi, Mom and Dad. Just want to let you know that John and I and the kids are coming home for Christmas. Hey, Mom and Dad. I know it's been a while since I've seen you guys and we've gotten together, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm coming home for Christmas this year and I can't wait to see you. See you later. Love you. Well, Merry Christmas! I am so glad that you are here, whether you are with us live or at one of the campuses or via the live stream, we are just so glad that you are taking time, especially during this busy season, to hang out with us. I can't believe that I am saying Merry Christmas, though. It seems like yesterday we were putting together New Year's resolutions, yes? I mean, is time not going by so quickly? Um, And here we are. Uh, just over two weeks from now, it'll be Christmas Day, and uh, I, I, I can't believe how fast it has come. Um, but with it, here's what I do know. Uh, there's anxiety, there's stress, there's worry, there's did I get the right gift, did I do the right thing for this person, or did I not do, uh, did I treat my family members correctly? And um, as we have entered into this season, we want you guys to know that we as a teaching team have put together this series, I'll Be Home for Christmas, to hopefully help you transition through this time, and not only transition through it, but to excel through it. Amen? All right, so here's what I want to do. Uh, Because it can be so busy, I want to just stop for just a minute. I'm going to pray, and I want you to forget all of the things that you are looking forward to leaving the service to go do or the things you have coming up, and I want you to focus just in what God has for you right now through this weekend's message. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and God, we quiet our hearts and our spirits And God, we just come before you and ask that you would speak to us and that you would give to us a message that would encourage our spirit and give us life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would use me to communicate your heart and may it penetrate into the lives and the hearts of every person listening to me right now. And we pray these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, we're in a series called I'll Be Home for Christmas, and I get the opportunity and the honor and privilege to give the second uh, message in the series. Pastor Marcus, if you did not hear, Pastor Marcus did an incredible job last week, uh, weekend, and I want you to go online if you didn't hear it and and listen to the message uh, that he spoke about. But he concluded that message um, with this statement, home is where the Father is. And what we did as a teaching team is we, uh, we came together, we came up with a theme, and I, I'm going to tell you the truth, me personally, I wasn't too excited about the, um, I wasn't too excited about the theme at first, but when we opened up the Word of God and we started talking about the prodigal son, all of a sudden something started to get excited, exciting in me. I don't know if I've ever heard a Christmas series or a Christmas message on the prodigal, but yet it fits so well. And Pastor Marcus, again, did an incredible job, and he talked about how home can be bondage, or it can be a burden, or it can be a blessing. And it all depends 
on where your thoughts are. Now, real quickly, just because I know not everybody was there, the prodigal son, the story. It's about a father and two sons. The younger son comes to the father and says, hey, I want my half of the inheritance. And the father says, okay, and gave it to him. He took that inheritance and he went off and he squandered it all on wild living, the Bible says. And right after he did that, a famine came to the land. He ended up working for a pig farmer, feeding the pigs, wishing he could eat what he was feeding to the pigs. The Bible says that he came to his senses, and I'm gonna talk about that in just a minute, but he came to his senses and realized the servants at home are doing better than I am doing, and so he decided I'm gonna go back home. He goes to his father and he asks him to forgive him, and he says, man, his heart and his mindset is, man, if I could just be a servant at my father's house, but that's not what his father does. His father comes running out to him, he embraces him, he clothes him with a fine robe. He gives him sandals to put on his feet. He gives him uh, the fattened calf that they've been saving up and they prepare it and they have a party because the father says, my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he is found. As I was preparing for this message, I got hung up on one verse and this is where I'm gonna start this weekend. It's found in Luke chapter 15 verse 17, and it says this. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. You know, in different translations, it says different things. In the English standard version, it says this. But when he came to himself, how many of you wish during this time of year that people would just come to their senses? (laughs) (laughs) Driving, parking lot, mall, and... And if you don't raise your hand, you're the one that needs to come to your senses. I'm just telling you right now. You know, as I was, uh, I brought this to the teaching team and I, I said, hey, this verse just really, it really hit my, my heart and, and I can't get away from this. I just keep thinking about this. And uh, we began to discuss, uh, you know, it reminded us actually of the story of the man that was possessed by a demon, not only a demon, but a lesion of demons. The Bible says that Jesus crosses uh, the Sea of Galilee and he comes out and this man approaches him and he's, he's just demon possessed. And uh, Jesus has dialogue with the demons and, and basically the demon says, we are legion. And so Jesus casts them out into a, a, a herd of pigs. The pigs uh, go running off the bank and go into the, uh, the ocean there and, or the, the Sea of Galilee. And um, the people that are around there, they freak out. And they all leave. They all left. They go back to the town. They tell the townspeople what happened. And then the people come back and they find this scenario. They find Jesus there, his disciples with this man. And the Bible says that he was of his right mind. That he had his right mind about him. I wanna talk about having the right mind. It fits so well with the fact that we have two, minute, two, two weeks, two minutes till Christmas. It seems like we have two minutes till Christmas. We have two weeks till Christmas. Um, <laughs> but it fits actually for the rest of your life. The truth is this, having the right, the right mindset helps you to see who the father is. Marcus again finished by saying, home is where the father is. But if you have an incorrect mindset about who the father is, then home's not gonna be very 
exciting to look forward to. And when we said, I'll be home for Christmas, you'd be like, no way, I, I don't want to be home for Christmas because you don't have the right mindset. You're not of the right mind. Put in your notes, the wrong mindset, the wrong mindset leads you away from the Father. The correct mindset leads you towards the Father. Now let me use some scripture to show you that this is absolutely correct. Romans 8, five through nine says this, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you, however, are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. Church, the greatest thing we need to change, and I don't say those words lightly, the greatest thing that we need to change is our mindset about the Father. I can't tell you how many times I have people come into my office and they ask me questions like, well, why did God do this? Or if God was so loving, or if God was so good, and they don't have a correct mindset about our heavenly father. Going back to the story of the prodigal son, I want to, I want to bring something to your attention. You know, the truth is, this is a pretty simple message. I gotta be quite honest with you. I don't think there's gonna be anything shocking that comes out of this message this weekend. But here's, here's what I hope, and this is what I've been praying. I pray that in the simplicity, it would be a reminder of the foundational truths that actually set our minds correctly about our dad, about God. Now with the story, the son, he comes home. I, can you imagine him coming home he came to his senses, he came to himself. He's like, man, I'd rather be a servant. And he's on his way home. Can you imagine, can, have you ever been there where you're rehearsing over and over and over? Okay, this is what I'm gonna say. This is how I'm gonna say it. This is what I'm gonna say. If he says this, this is what I'm gonna say. If he says this, this is what I'm gonna say. I don't think he ever rehearsed or ever thought through a father that was running to him. So he's coming up to the house and he's, man, who is, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Who is that? That's my dad. Why is he running does he not want me to get close to the house? He doesn't want even the servants or the people to see me. That's why he's running. Can you imagine what was going through his head? Even though he had come to his senses, I don't believe that he yet had the fullness of the mindset because the father comes and he embraces him and he goes through his rehearsal and he starts going, father, I have sinned against you and if I could just be a servant in your house, I mean, he starts doing his rehearsed speech and the father doesn't even pay attention to what he says. He starts rallying servants, go kill the fat calf here, wear this robe, put these sandals on. I mean, he starts doing all of these things. Can you imagine? He's just like, what is going on here? 
put it in my notes. The only thing that changed with the prodigal son is his mindset. The father was the same. The situation that he lived in was the same. The house was the same. My guess is the servants were the same. Everything that he had left when he got back, I'm guessing was just like it was before he left. So what changed? His mindset. His mindset. And his dad, in responding in the way that he did, I can only imagine that it even enforced and reinforced that his mindset was off and he began to realize, wow, not only did coming to my senses help me to realize that it would be better as a servant, but now my father has run to me and he's embraced me and he's throwing a party. For, my dad loves me. I spent half of I spent all of my inheritance, half of what he had, I spent it all, and yet he's embracing me. Can you apply this to your life? What have you done? What have you done that has made you go, oh, well, you know, I can't hear God's voice or God can't speak to me or I can't, I can't be in right standing with God because I did this. And I want you to remember this story because God comes running to us, church. He comes running to us. I believe what the father was saying at the time was he's saying, man, I am so glad that you came to your senses. That you had a right mindset. Because now in that mindset, I can fully embrace you. And maybe you can truly understand the love that I have for you. So why do we struggle with this? Why do we struggle with this? One, I think there's a couple reasons. These aren't all the reasons, but number one, I think one of the reasons we struggle with this is because of the way we were brought up. I hear this a lot, that because of the relationship I had with my father, that's how I see God. And I think it's truth, and I think there's a reality to it. I think when we're growing up as kids, we're being shaped and we're being formed. Parents, this is important. Are you the father that runs to your child? That would draw him closer to God? Are you the father that makes him run away? You know, I hear from time to time the, the story of a father who's abusive or mean or um, not connected. And so therefore, that's the viewpoint that that person has a God. And I get that and, and you know, pray for them and help them to truly, hopefully come to their senses. Come to your come and have that understanding, the mindset. But I know a guy who has told me that his father was incredibly loving didn't doubt his love at all. He was a great man, loved God, but he was incredibly passive. And that individual actually found that he struggled with the fact that God, when he tried to have a relationship, he interpreted God as passive. 
It does affect how we view our heavenly father, our upbringing. But I want you to know something. Your upbringing doesn't determine what your relationship with God is. The way you think does. The Bible talks about it over and over that we are to renew our minds, that we are to take our thoughts captive. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Let's say we get good at that. There's actually a second reason that we don't have the right, set, right mindset about our father. And that is this, because even if we, okay, we had a great father or we, we've determined, okay, you know what? Our heavenly father is good. And I totally understand that. And I think about it that way. But here's an interesting thing. We filter what God will do through what we would do. And that hinders our ability to have the right mindset about our father. And so when an injustice is done around us, here's what I would do. And when God doesn't, we start to question whether he's good or not. Yes? I, we do this. Uh, I don't have time to go. We do this in both the good and the bad aspects of things. I actually had a conversation with somebody that asked me this question. Would you send somebody to hell? Well, no. I, I don't, I wouldn't. But you know what? I don't understand holiness. I don't know the vastness and, the, and how huge God is. He's infinite. I'm finite. And when I try to judge what God should do through how I would do it, I'm going to go wrong every time. So if that's the case, then I have to rely on what the Bible says and the Bible says and teaches and throughout the entirety of all of the collections, 66 books that make up the Bible. You know what? The common theme is this, that God is good. He's full of justice, he's full of mercy, and he's full of grace. And I completely don't fully understand how they all work together. But here's what I do know, that when I stand before the Lord, I am going to go, oh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what does that do for me now, though? Because I live in a world where there are evil things happening, there are bad things that are happening. What do I have to do? I have to constantly renew my mind to the fact that God is good. If I get sick, he is good. If I'm healthy, he is good. If my car runs well, he is good. If I get a flat tire and it breaks down, he is good. But we so often let those circumstances in our lives put an interpretation of us on well, whether we think God is good that day or not. The mindset that you need to have is that God is good. God is good. Do you know that John says that he is so good, he's so loving, that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on our behalf so that we could have eternal, everlasting life? Think about that for a minute. Parents, would you send your kid to die so that everybody else could? I mean, that's a, 
That's a tough thing. God's so good. That's what the Bible says. Okay, so how do we get the right mindset? First thing that I want to talk to you about is this. You need to think about yourself the way the Father thinks about you. You need to think about yourself the way the Father thinks about you. Instead of thinking the Father through how you would think, I need you to think how the Father would think. Hey, this is a good reason why you should read your Bible. Amen. I'm serious. The more you read your Bible, the more you will understand how God thinks about you. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says this, although all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. And I'm gonna stop as I read through this because I want you to grab a hold of this. All of those led by God's spirit are God's sons, God's daughters. Do you wake up every morning going, I'm the son of the king of kings. Because you should. You shouldn't filter your thoughts about what you did yesterday or how you blew it or how you didn't live up to it or how you failed that uh, exam or you failed that project at work or whatever. You should wake up and go, I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Whoa. By the spirit of adoption. It means this, you are adopted into God's family. When you have a kid naturally, um, okay, um, things happen nine months later, here's a child. But when you adopt, boy, you have to jump through hoops. You have to go through, you have to pay, you have to, I mean, you have just to get that child, you have to be very intentional to do what you're doing. And our Heavenly Father did that for each one of us. You know what's sad about that? Is he did it for every single human being on this planet, but some people don't recognize it. But you receive the spirit of adoption. Are you thinking that way? Do you have those thoughts by whom we cry out? Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children, we are also heirs, heirs of God, and listen to this, and co-heirs with Christ. Amen. Okay, when you are co-anything with somebody, it puts in my mind that you're equal with them. Now, I'm not saying that I am equal with Jesus Christ, but according to this verse, in regards to my inheritance, I am equal, I'm co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. When's the last time you thought that? We need to have an understanding of how God views us. Church, this is just one section of scripture where he says, hey, you're my son, you're my daughter. I adopted you. I have done this so that you wouldn't have to have fear, anxiety, stress. I have done this so that you could understand that you are in my family now. I have got you. I got your back. I'm a good dad. I'm a father that runs to you even when you make mistakes. And not only that, but I have the riches of every. Everything. I, I created the universe, by the way, and you're an heir of that. Amen. So we have to think about ourselves the way that God thinks about us, and then 
Second, we need to get to know the Father. They kind of they go hand in hand. As you do one, you start to understand how God sees it. You actually get to know God a little bit better. And the more you get to know God a little bit better, the more you know how he views you. And it just keeps on going and it builds on top of itself. Um, <clears throat> this is really um, the exciting part for me in regards to this message. God so loved us that not only did he give his son for us, and we celebrate Jesus Christ at this time of year and the fact that he came to this planet. But I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you this weekend that yes, it's good to remember Jesus and we're, we're celebrating his birth. I, I totally get that. But it goes beyond that. Jesus Christ is the gift that was given to us by the Father. He was born we celebrate that at Christmas. He was born onto this planet. He walked and talked. He taught incredible truths. But then he died and he rose again. And when he rose again, he did something to the disciples and then to every believer that has ever called upon the name of Jesus, to every believer. And this is what he did to the disciples. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself, when he walked and talked on this planet, said that it is good that I leave so that you can receive this gift. The person that we're celebrating this Christmas season said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a good gift, but there's one even better than me. Think about that. Jesus himself said this gift It's better that I go away so you can get this gift. Amen. Read a few scriptures. Jesus teaching in John, I, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. You want to have the right mindset as we go into Christmas and for the rest of your life? Understand that God sent his son so that he could die and, and pay for the penalty for our sins. And then Jesus died and said, hey, it is good that I should go so that you can receive the spirit because the spirit of God is going to live in you. What does that do? Next verse. The next verse says, <laughs> John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Okay, this gift that we are given in the Holy Spirit, this gift, the Holy Spirit, he's given to us so that we can know all things. Do you want to know how the Father thinks of you? Ask the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know what you should think about that guy who just cut you off while you're driving? Ask the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know what to think about the person that just took that last toy and you wanted it? Ask the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, 14 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. 
He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Oh, get this, church. We're pretty, we're pretty good at teaching about God the Father and we talk about Jesus Christ all the time and he's the one that is our savior. He's the one that we call upon, invite into our heart. But when we do that, we are given the third part of the Trinity and his name is Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand something. I don't know if the church has done the best in regards to teaching about the Holy Spirit, but we need to teach more about it. But even if we don't teach more about it, you need to learn more about him. Because he is a part of the Trinity, just as much as the Father is, just as much as the Son is, he is a third person of the Trinity. And too many people think of the Holy Spirit as an it. It is here. What is here? This chair's an it. You can't have a relationship with a chair. At least not a very healthy one. (laughs) Do you know what the story of the prodigal son reminds me of? It reminds me that the father wants relationship with his sons. And even though his son squandered his inheritance, it didn't matter to him. He just wanted relationship. And when he came back, he didn't care about all of that other stuff. All he cared about was having a relationship. Our Heavenly Father desires relationship with us. And in his infinite wisdom, he came up with a way that we can have direct access to him. And it's not through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ because of what he did. But Jesus Christ is now standing at the right hand of the Father, a Father interceding on our behalf. If you've called upon the name of God, if you've called upon the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says you have the Holy Spirit deposited into you. How many times are you talking to him? You know, as we go into Christmas and as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you. Go beyond just talking about Jesus. Focus on the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, when you begin to understand that he's a third person of the Trinity, you begin to realize he is my key. He is the guide. He is the one that is going to lead me to relationship with the Father. Through the Holy Spirit, we have direct access to our Heavenly Father, which means you don't have to hear a word from a pastor or a parent or a neighbor or a friend. You can hear from God. And I can't think of a better time of year to be hearing from God. God gave us this incredible gift, this advocate, this helper, this counselor. He's the one that is going to, you know, when you read a section of scripture, like in in Philippians, where it says, do not be anxious about anything. Right. 
I, have you ever really read that and thought, <laughs> okay, that, okay, that, that'll be heaven one day. No, he wrote that because he wanted us to have that now, the here and now. Don't be anxious about anything. Do you know it's the Holy Spirit in us that will remind us and tell us what to think about? But like I read in Romans, the battle is between the flesh and the spirit. See, our, our, our soul, which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, and I've taught this before, but just to make sure everyone is on the same page, the soul, the soul needs reminded that we have a new king inside of us. Our spirit, once the Holy Spirit's there, 100% of the spirit, but our mind, will, and emotions need to be renewed every single day. Put it this way, our soul needs to be fed. And our soul is going to be fed either by our flesh or by our spirit. And God so loved you and I that he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we could feed our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions with the things that are from him. You wanna have the right mindset as we enter in through these next two weeks? as you go into the new year, as you head into 2018, get familiar with the Holy Spirit. Converse with the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want you to get caught up in semantics. What are you saying? Do I not pray to God? Do I not pray to Jesus? Who, who, do, who do I pray to now, Dan? I'm confused. You know what? All three are God, okay? All three are God. But here's what I know, at least for me. When I put my focus in on the Holy Spirit, it puts my focus into my thoughts because God speaks to us through our thoughts. Very rarely do we hear from God in an audibly, Dad. We hear through our thoughts. And I want you to pay attention to those thoughts in the next couple of weeks. Because when we focus, like I was saying, when I focus on the Holy Spirit, it helps me to remember that he's inside of me and he wants to lead me. He wants to guide me. But sometimes we look at God as he's really far off and he's distant. And so, man, it's so hard to hear from God. I can't, I can't hear him because there's so many other things going on. Do you know the loudest and clearest voice is right inside of you? Now he's a gentleman and he's not going to, he's not gonna supersede what, what you're letting in there. But I want you to realize that God has given us his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us every day. Finish this by just saying this. You have someone living in you who knows the will of the Father for your life. I hear all the time, if I just knew what God's will was for my life. Do you know that you have somebody living inside of you that knows that answer? He knows that answer. If you want to get to know the Father, and remember, Father, or home is where the Father is. That's kind of where we're going with this. I'll be home for Christmas. Home is where the Father is. If you want to get to know the Father, get to know the Holy Spirit. So I have a challenge for you. In the next two weeks, do this, do this. 
in the next two weeks, set aside time to focus on the Holy Spirit. Ask him, speak to me. Tell him you wanna get good at hearing his voice. When you have a thought after you're praying and you have a thought come on, be obedient to step out in that. We have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible says. And so he tries to steal those thoughts away. I tell people all the time, it looks like this. Heavenly Father, help me be a better husband. And the first thought that comes across my mind is, go buy your wife flowers. And the next thought was, I just did that two weeks ago. I'm confused. I can't hear from God. No, what happened is, we heard from God and the enemy came to steal that thought. Ask the Holy Spirit in the next two weeks. Set aside time to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. So oftentimes prayer is a one-way verbal communication. We're talking to God, blah, 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 and then we say amen and walk away. I want you to say very little. Maybe ask some specific questions and then take the time to listen. But I believe with all of my heart that if we'll focus in on the Holy Spirit and give him time to speak to us, he will. And when he starts speaking to us, it makes this season incredible, it makes the new year incredible, and it makes 2018 incredible and beyond. You know why? Because it doesn't matter what happens, God is good. And he will remind you of that. And you won't get confused by all the other thoughts that come because you will be connected to God in you, the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift that you gave to us, not only in your son, Jesus Christ, but in the gift that you gave to us in your Holy Spirit. And so we come before you and we ask that you would teach us and you would help us to hear your voice through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we come and ask you and we invite you to speak to us on a daily basis. The truth is, Holy Spirit, we know you are already speaking to us on a daily basis. So help us get good at hearing and recognizing your voice. Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. And so Lord, help us to become good at hearing your voice. And as we go into the last two weeks before Christmas, God, may we set aside time and I pray that you would meet us there and help us to hear your heart. Help us to understand how you think about us and God put us in the place where we have the right mindset. In areas of our lives where we need to come to our senses, Holy Spirit, bring us to ourselves. Bring us back to how we are supposed to be thinking. And God, when you do that, we will give you glory and we will give you honor and we'll give you praise in your name. Amen.